the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Dr. Trudy Podcast, where together we learn to choose faith over fear, contentment over chaos, where we discover what it takes to live a life of victory. Dr. Trudy Simmons has a PhD in counseling. She's a certified life coach, a television host. She's completed 12 Ironman competitions. But if you were to ask her who she is, she'd tell you she's a woman of faith, a wife, and a mother. She's an overcomer with a calling and a gift for helping others to pull through the tough stuff. Thanks for joining us today. Here again is Dr. Trudy. Well, welcome everyone. I'm Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View, and I have the privilege of interviewing Steve Hemphill, not just for the first time, but for the third time. Um, and I'm so excited that you are here. So thank you, Steve, for joining us today. Oh, thank you for the invitation. It's always good to be with you. It is. And so um, you've written many books and we've we've had the privilege of having you on The Christian View. And we've talked about your book on um, your search of for heaven, which is great. And for our viewers, if you haven't gotten his book, it's um, My Search for the Real Heaven. So check out that book. And then we were talking about stakes. And Steve, I have to say that I've had so many people reach out and say, I'm going to go and get this book and get the stakes because it's such an amazing um, testimony. And so for those who haven't gotten it yet, make sure that you check out that book as well. But today we're going to talk about your latest book, right? Um, 12 Spiritual Weapons. And probably we're going to talk about more than just 12. So, um, Steve, before we get started, can you just share a little bit about you? About me? Yeah, I grew up in a uh, very strong Christian family, very conservative. Uh, Went to a Christian college and got a marketing degree and actually started my own company in 1982 with my father-in-law, a technology company that God just blessed. and, And by the time I walked away from it to do this, we had 36 employees and uh, we had a, a good revenue stream and lots of neat things happening. But it became obvious God wanted me doing this instead of that. And so I sort of just walked away from it about 15 years ago. Right. And, you know, we we kind of met, you know, it was definitely a God story. So I was on a plane coming from um, where was I? Tamarack, Idaho. And the pilot is one of your very good friends. And he's like, you have to meet Steve. You have to meet him. He has this amazing ministry. It's called active.faith. I mean, active slash faith.org. You have to check him out. And so, I mean, I kind of met you up on a, in a plane. So um, your ministry is going all over the world. It, it is an amazing story. Yeah, it's active-faith.org is the, is the website. We uh, especially try to be an equipping ministry. There's a lot of deliverance ministries out there and dealing with the demonic issues. I have actually four books on spiritual warfare now, the first one on heaven and the rest of mine is on spiritual warfare. And that's what I get the most invitations to speak on. And, and really the most practical part of my seminars 
My seminars are called Demons versus Prayer. The most practical part is the is the section of weapons. And I started to discover more and more weapons in Scripture. I'm actually up to 65. Wow. Uh, I couldn't get them all in one book. The book would be too thick and nobody right. would buy it. But um, I'll tell you what started that was I, I realized in Mark 9 when the disciples couldn't cast out that demon and Jesus mm-hmm. did cast it out, they seemed to be a little embarrassed about that and came privately to him later and said, oh. Why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus mm-hmm. said, that kind, there's different kinds of demons. There's principalities, right. power, spirits, and authorities. There's generals, captains, sergeants, and privates. And so he said, that kind requires prayer plus fasting. Well, I thought, we got prayer as a weapon. We got God's word. That's it. But right. prayer plus fasting is another weapon. And I went, okay, you you you, you combine prayer with some action, right. faith, and, and it makes it more powerful. That, that fascinated me. So I realized uh, prayer plus fasting was really powerful. And then I remembered that in Mark 9, the woman with the issue of blood practiced prayer plus touch. Right. And that's a weapon. And then we have prayer plus oil taught in James 5. So anyway, one thing led to another, and I'm up to 65. And I'll give you a few highlights of some of those today. But the first yes. book in this series is called 12 Spiritual Weapons because I couldn't get them all in one book. <laughs> so you're going to write a sequel. I plan to write at least one, it may be two or three, depending on how sales go and how much time I have. I have so many projects going on, including some potential TV kind of stuff that uh, we'll just see how God pans this stuff out. So. Right, which is so exciting the way the Lord is just orchestrating your steps and your life. And I mean, like you said, you kind of fell into it. You you, you weren't, yeah. um, you know, you didn't study demonic warfare oh, no. or, or demons no. and, and, you know, but you just kind of fell into it. Yeah, uh, uh, we didn't study demons when I was growing up or the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was raised ultra conservative acapella Church of Christ. I'm right. the, the last guy on the planet you should be asking for, you know, <laughs> miracle stories or demonic story, you know, success stories against that. And so God just threw me in the middle of all these people's stories. And I've really become a story collector. I mean, basically, right. that's it. I always enjoyed telling jokes when I was growing up, making people laugh. But these stories are so powerful because they're true and their people's lives are changed in a very positive way. Amen. You know, and, and I love hearing those stories. So one of the stories at the very beginning, you sh- you've shared this before, but you talk about how someone came to you who wasn't a believer. Yeah. And he was contemplating suicide. Yes. Yes. Can you share uh, a little bit of that story? Yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of what started the whole thing on spiritual warfare. Uh, a guy in his I'm going to say he was in his 50s uh, was going through a crisis in his life. And he had a he had a good friend who was a Christian and he was our mutual friend. So that was the connection to him. Mm-hmm. But this friend had been trying to lead him to Christ for 25 years and made no progress at all. This guy had been mad at God for some things that happened long ago and couldn't get past it, couldn't forgive God, basically. Right. And uh, in the middle of me being involved was because this guy was started to hear voices and have nightmares and have suicidal thoughts. And the day I met him, he told me face to face, I'm planning my suicide because I have demons on my property and I, and I can't handle this. Anymore. Right. And so he begins to tell me all the reasons why he thinks he has demons. And I'm sitting here praying in my head while he's talking, Lord, tell me what to say. I don't know how to help this guy. I'm the, I'm the last guy he should be asking this to. And as I started to pray, a strange verse from Deuteronomy 6 pops in my head. Uh, it's the one that says, uh, I think it's verses 6 through 8 of Deuteronomy 6. We're living in a land that's full of evil, so we need to be sure and put God's word on our gates and doorposts. Mm. Well, the, 
the Jewish people took that literally. They didn't right. say, oh, that would be stupid. Uh, you know, is that silly? No one literally do that. Well, they did literally do that, and they still do. And by the way, it's not a magic box. It's right. a symbol of their covenant with God, their connection to God. And so it's I sort of interrupted. So I sort of interrupted the guys. He's telling me all the reasons why he's convinced he has demons on his property. And I just said, Bill, don't kill yourself yet. Let's try right. something really bizarre. You know, the Bible is full of bizarre stories. There's talking snakes and walking on water. Let's just take some tent stakes and put Bible verses on them and put them all the way in the ground on the four corners of your place where all this bad stuff is happening and, and pray together and read the verses out loud and ask God to make it stop and see what God does. Now, literally I'm grasping at straws trying to help a guy who's planning his own suicide. Right. And he, everything changed. He became a Christian, wanted to be baptized. Mm -hmm. His whole life changed. He prays for me every day. In fact, he later came to my house last year and a group of video, uh, at no cost to me, some videographers came from Dallas and uh, spent three hours with him recording his whole story. And they edited it down to about a 12 minute interview that was very concise and, and uh, uh, telling. And it's on our website now at active-faith.org that it's okay. his uh, testimony. About I mean, that. isn't that great, Steve, when you invite the Holy Spirit in and we don't do it on our own street, you invite the Holy Spirit and what he will do. Amen. hundred percent. People would call me and say, you don't know me, but God told me to build you a new website and do all your graphic right. design. No charge. You know, people call me. A Hollywood movie director called and said, I hear you're going to make a video of demons versus prayer. And I think what you're doing is important. I'd like to fly in no charge and direct this video for you. Said, OK, Amen. well, freeze in my price range. Come on out. You know, I've had so many things like that happen. It's just so obvious that God's hand is in this. That it's been it's been like an anointing that I never dreamed of, and now I would never want to live without this. So I'll try to make sure God gets all the credit and all the glory Amen. for anything that happens. Amen. And He knew, you know, Father God knew that He could trust you with this, and that's why He gave it to you. And so I think that is just so amazing. But when we talk about demons, prayers, a lot of people are fearful of that. They're they're like, yeah. I don't want to talk about demons, but. You know, the intro of your book says Christians are at war, whether we realize it or not. And so we can't live in fear because scripture says we wrestle against not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of this dark world. So we can't live in fear. So how, how do you speak to that? Well, there are people who think that demons all left when Jesus left. Right. And I'd, I'd never heard of that idea, although I also had never dealt with any demonic manifestations in the modern world. Mm-hmm. So, again, God just threw me in the middle of these stories like the Bill story. Just It, it just kind of went rampant. And I hear so many stories that finally, in fact, my wife and I are so conservative when this first started happening, I'd come home and say, you know, honey, this happened. And she'd smile. And I'd say, that's great. Let's don't tell anybody about this. Right. I want people to think you're normal. You know, and now we both get it. This it's the power of the word and it's the act of faith. And it started to dawn on me that all through the Bible, no one ever says you need to pray harder. You're just not praying harder. Right. But there's prayer plus action. Holding up Moses's arms to beat the Amalekites is prayer plus action. Raising the staff to cross the Red Sea. You know, piles of stones when they cross the uh, the Jordan River. You know, right. we have we have blood on the doorpost marching around Jericho. Prayer plus action is the norm, not the exception to the rule. Right. And so that has helped me understand weapons better and then communicate this to people. And so when you start teaching on putting the two together. What does that look like? Well, as I said, the first 
few stories made me realize, oh, we got a bunch more weapons than I thought. So then I started praying, and I recommend that. Just pray that God will show you new weapons. We think we only have a couple of arrows in our quiver, and we've got a a whole quiver full of arrows with all kinds. So the idea is you keep adding weapons for what you're praying for until what you're praying for begins to happen. Don't give up because you've prayed and nothing has changed. Ask God what to do. You know, we talked about prayer plus fasting, prayer plus oil, prayer plus touch. There's spoken binding, spoken rebukes. I cover this in our prayer. One fun one to think about is pray like a lawyer. Now, that's a weird statement, but that's a fun one to share. You know, I hadn't thought about the fact really until I started reading some books by Henderson and others about the courts of heaven. But, you know, really, God is a judge on the throne. Mm -hmm. Jesus is our advocate. That means he's our our defense lawyer. And then we have an opposing lawyer, adversary. In the Greek, the adversary means one who brings a lawsuit against you. Right, right. And so that's the point. And then we have the Holy Spirit that's a witness. We have witnesses in court. So there's so many similarities. So what I started to realize was sometimes I'm going to God's throne, the court of heaven, in prayer and saying, please heal my cousin Bill. Let's mm-hmm. just pick, you know, cousin Bill, he said. Right. And, and God says, okay, we're going to, we'd like to heal because of any objection. And Satan, the adversary says, wait a minute. Now, Steve has this unconfessed sin in his life. He's doing this or that. He's doing drugs or he's hiding this sin. And so I bring that up and I ask you to, to not answer that prayer because of that. And a righteous judge had to say, Okay, you're right. That's unconfessed sin. We can't answer that prayer until Steve has confessed that. But then if I come back to God and say, look, show me my sin. Remind me of what I've done wrong and I'll confess it. And he reminds me of it. And I say, please forgive me. Then the blood of Jesus covers that. Amen. And and the enemy can't hold that against me. And the prayer can be answered. So sometimes our prayers aren't answered because we have unconfessed sin in our life. And the adversary is bringing that up. Amen. And then, Steve, once we confess that sin, we are forgiven. But what the enemy loves to do is to come back and say, wait, you're not really forgiven. God hasn't really forgiven you. Or he'll come in and try to trip us up with that same sin that we just confessed. Amen. It's guilt. If he can't steal our salvation, he works to steal our joy and enthusiasm about our salvation because that prevents us from being evangelistic. Right. It kills the spirit of evangelism. I feel I'm unworthy. One time when I spoke in a, in a, uh, uh, a situation where there's a lot of elderly people in a, in a, in a rest home kind of thing, we gave them all free books and did questions and answers. And when it was over, one lady, uh, stayed behind and had tears coming down her face. And, mm-hmm. and I said, what's the matter? She said, well, I appreciate you coming today and I appreciate the book and your, and your words of encouragement, but God could never forgive me for the things that I've done wrong. And I'm just, I try to read my Bible four hours a day now, just trying to make up for all the things I've done wrong. And I said, ma'am, I am so sorry. How many people have you murdered? <laughs> She said, well, I've never murdered anyone. Right. And I said, really? I said, Paul murdered a whole bunch of Christians. Mm -hmm. And God not only forgave him, he let him write half the New Testament. Amen. She started bawling and she never thought about it that way. If he can forgive Paul and let him write half the Bible, then I think whatever you've done, he can forgive that too. And she went away very encouraged. That's the idea is more weapons give us more hope. Don't give up and quit praying add action to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of those action steps you may already is just belief, right? Is there, you have, that's your action step. You have to believe that these weapons are for us because God has given us everything we need to, to fight this fight of faith. Um, Let's talk a cup, a little bit about some of the other weapons. We've talked about prayer and fasting. Okay. Kind of touched on the oil. 
So let's talk a little bit more about the other 12. Well, let me mention a couple and then I'm going to camp on one or two. But prayer is a weapon. Scripture is a weapon. And it's good to memorize. I think memorization of scripture is another weapon, really. Uh, Prayer plus touch, we mentioned. Prayer plus fasting. Prayer and watch. You know, there's Mark 9 and Daniel 9. They talk about, I mean, Acts 28 and Matthew 19. They talk about uh, prayer plus the touch thing. We have prayer plus oil in James 5. Prayer plus confession. Mm. There's another one. Confession is good for the soul. Spoken truth is a weapon. It's one thing to know the truth. It's another thing to pray the truth. It's a whole other thing to speak the truth into a situation. You need to do such and such. You can't sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend and expect God to be excited about answering your prayers. That's truth that you speak in love. Then we have rebukes as a weapon. Testimonies are a weapon. You know, when, when you tell me your testimony, I'm encouraged to face my own problems. When I give you my testimonies, you, you know, I'm even re-encouraged by my own testimonies. Right. And I've also noticed when I repeat some of my stories and testimonies to other people, I'll remember details that I didn't remember before, and it'll make the story even better. It'll make the mm-hmm. testimony even better. Uh, when we hear those testimonies and reminded of them, we're more bold to face the difficulties of today. Uh, selfless devotion is is a weapon. God's looking for Navy SEAL Christians, Navy SEAL prayer warriors. You know, yeah. and you, we love these shows about Navy SEALs. They're rescuing somebody, you know, it's right. or something. And, and there's always a scene where that one of them says, y'all go ahead. I'll hold them off as long as I can. He gives his life. You see, Navy SEALs are more interested in accomplishing the mission right. than whether or not they live through the mission. Mm-hmm. And for a Christian, that's very apropos because we're going to, we're going to uh, win. If we live, we win. If we die, mm-hmm. Christ said to win is Christ, live as Christ to die is gain. Um, tithing is a big weapon that <laughs> many people overlook. Mm-hmm. If you're not tithing, there's a curse on you. Go look at Malachi chapter three. You know, it, it, it starts that section by saying, I'm the Lord and I don't change. That's, that's where he's saying, it doesn't matter. This is old Testament. This is my nature. Right. And tithing is going to be blessed, but not tithing is going to be cursed. It says mm-hmm. it very specifically. Humility is another weapon that we often overlook. Resistance is a weapon. Sometimes we just have to learn to resist. We train ourselves to right. resist. I remember the, remember when President Reagan got shot and there was a, there was a slow motion video of one of the secret service men who, who turned toward the shot to, to defend the president. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you hear a gunshot, your inclination is to, is to pull away from it. Right. And this guy blinked and he turned toward the shot mm-hmm. and that's how he helped save the president. A warrior for the kingdom has mm-hmm. got to learn to resist and turn into that with the word of God. Uh, and it just works. Peace is a weapon. Mm-hmm. The blood of Jesus is, I spend more time on the blood of Jesus in yes. that book as a weapon than probably any other book. And I have some great stories connected with that. I'm learning to pray the blood of Jesus, even in healing situations. Yes. So it's a weapon against uh, illness, mm-hmm. weapons against mental illness. Right. And by the way, I can't, I don't know how many mental health conditions have a a demonic element, but I will tell you that our laws in the, in America today, if you're if you're a counselor for the school system or the the military in any way, it's illegal 
for you to mention demons as a possible source of your PTSD or anything else. Only private counselors are allowed to do that. I have many private counselors implementing my teachings and they're seeing results and their clients are calling me to buy stakes and stake their house or they're making their own stakes. I've always said, you don't need my stakes. I just have the coolest stakes. Yes, yours are pretty cool. (laughs) And then a couple other neat weapons. Mm Self-examination is a great weapon. It's discussed in, uh, in first Corinthians 11 and it's a weapon against illness and death, believe right. it or not. Go read that section at the end of that chapter. Love for the truth is a weapon. You know, Second Thessalonians 2.10 says that if we don't love the truth, God's going to send a powerful delusion so we believe a lie. Right. People don't love the truth like they used to. We need to be in the truth. We need to memorize the truth. We need to share the, right. the truth. I'm going to tell you one of the biggest ones, too, is reconciliation. Yes. We need to reconcile with each other as Christians and with others who are outside, even Christianity. Mm-hmm. We need to reconcile. Uh, Matthew 5 teaches that if, if you're get the, at the altar going to give your gift yes. and you remember someone has someone against, something mm-hmm. against you, you leave the gift and you go oh. make it right. Then come on. That is actually teaching. Right. God is is refusing to accept your worship until you'll make it right with your brother. And so let's talk about that for just a minute. And so when someone refuses to do that, Steve, what what happens? You know, because God, he he is a God of reconciliation. And if we don't forgive, then he doesn't forgive us. Is that, you know, that's what scripture says. That's what it says. And Mm -hmm. reconciliation is tied closely to forgiveness. I even know preachers who are refusing to reconcile with a member that has something against them. They won't even meet with them. What we have to remember is uh, I can only make me do the right thing. If you and I need to reconcile, but you won't meet with me, I can't make you. I can only make me. Now, I can make myself available. I can send you a note. It doesn't say send them an email to reconcile. It says you're supposed to meet. Meet means two people talking uh, face to face. Face to face. And so we can only make ourselves. We can't make the other person. So you have to at some point... Uh, uh, kind of put it behind you and forget mm-hmm. about it. Now, praying for your enemies is is tied to that too. Right. And, and let me tell you why I think that's important. Many people think pray for your enemies means this. Dear God, give them what they deserve. Just give them what they deserve. That's not praying for your enemies. It's to uh, bless praying, them. That's right. Asking God to bless them. Right. In fact, uh, I had one guy that really treated me awful years ago, and, and really, I struggled a long time with getting over that. Two books helped me. One of them is Bait of Satan by John yes. Fear, and so the other one is, uh, is, is by R.T. Kendall called Total Forgiveness. Those okay. two, especially Total Forgiveness, really helped me. They're both on Amazon and, and Audible. When I read those, I went, oh, now I get it. So here's what I finally prayed to God. I said, God, this guy has really mistreated me, and he's he's... A, a Christian leader. Right. I want you to not only forgive him, I want you to not hold that hint, sin against him. So if he ever goes to hell, it's not because of me. Right. In Jesus' name. Amen. Make good yeah. things happen for him. Lord. Amen. Yes, we are. afraid that it's freeing. I think it is too, because I've, I've walked through something like that recently, this past year, um, Steve, and, you know, it is, you know, you're reading through scripture and you have to, you, you, you have to bless. If you want to be right with, with Father God, then we've got to forgive and we've got to bless those who persecute us. Amen. And um, I learned a lot about that this, this, this last season of my life. Yeah. 
uh, a couple more. Unity is a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, church attendance is a weapon. I have so many people say, well, I love uh, Jesus, but I hate organized religion. You know, yeah. you hear that all the time. There's a bunch of hypocrites in church, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a guy call me for breakfast one day and want to talk about that. And I said, well, uh, he, he said, I, I'm worried. I'm, I'm, uh, I've got a generational curse. And I said, why do you think that? Well, my grandmother was bipolar. And my mother was bipolar. And now I'm 40 and I'm starting to exhibit some of those symptoms. And I just don't want to be that way. And I said, well, are you going to church? And he said, no, all those hypocrites up there. And I said, yeah, I know what you mean. That's like not going to the gym because there's fat people there. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, Jesus always went to the synagogue. There's Mm -hmm. several verses that say, you know, uh, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue. Who was Jesus going to church with? He said, I don't know who. I said, the people planning his murder. Right. So right. if anybody could say, I'm going to skip church because of the hypocrites, you know, it could be Jesus. And he even even he didn't do it. You know, well, he broke thing. bread and washed the disciples' feet who betrayed him. The say, you exactly. know, if we're going to even knew that that Judas was the one who betrayed him because right. he, he treated him so kindness. Yes. You know, and I'll tell you what else. You know what Satan's looking for? He's looking for sheep who are not with the other sheep. Right. You're vulnerable uh, all alone. And one other thing I said, I said, what if you said to me, Steve, I love you, but I can't stand your wife. I hate your wife. She's yeah. mean and ugly. I just can't stand her. Well, me and you are not going to be real good friends because she's my bride. That's right. And the church is the bride of Christ. So I think we need to be careful bad in the church. Now, being church hurt is legitimate. Many right. people have been church hurt, and it's time for us to forgive, do our best to reconcile, and be unified Otherwise, we can't take the world for Christ. Amen. That is so true. Um, so is weapon, I mean, is, is worship a weapon? Have yes. you found that to be? Absolutely. You remember when uh, Saul would have an evil spirit come on him? This was after the Holy Spirit left him because he disobeyed and offered his own sacrifice. What did they do? They got David to come play praise music. And the evil spirits would depart and Saul would be comforted. And so what I've learned from that is that demons can't stand to be where God's being praised. Mm. Later, uh, a few years ago, I was friended on Facebook by a guy who was a former Satanist. 22 years, he worshiped Satan daily. And he he friended me on Facebook and said, I know why your stuff works. I want to talk to you. He said, "I've, I've played for the other side. You know, right. And I learned that one of the things he was assigned to do as a Satanist was to go to Christian churches pretending to be a Christian so he could cause problems and church splits. Right. And he was very successful at it. He even would go to stores and pray over items that Christians might someday purchase, asking his God, Satan, to attach a demon to that item. So if a Christian bought it, they'd have a way into that Christian's home. Right to attack them. So the strategies of the devil were taken to a whole new level with that, that I had never uh, thought about before. Uh, well, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is, and you, I'm sure you know this by heart is it by well, it's uh, Luke 10, 19. Yes. And so all the authority over the power of the enemy. And we already, we already possess that if we're believers, because we have the same Holy spirit living on us. And so, yes. you know, again, we only have just a few more minutes, but, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's right. um, because we have the weapons and, and you're coming up with probably even more weapons. How yes. many did you say you have come up with so I'm far? I'm up to 65 now. Okay. And by the way, I would say faith and authority are the key to spiritual warfare. Prayer is the vehicle. Right. 
We thought prayer was the end all thing, but it isn't. I think faith and authority, Luke 10, 19, as you mentioned, is so powerful. He gave us all the power over all the authority of the, of the enemy. And right. so we just, we speak and it happens. I've learned to bind uh, a sickness. I'm learning to bind uh, a pain. I'm learning to bind the enemy in unique ways using the blood of Jesus because Amen. the blood of Jesus is where all the power comes from. Amen. And I think that authority and that kind of goes knowing your identity. Because, yeah. you know, we we can have that, but unless we know how to activate it through knowing our identity in Christ, then it can lay dormant for for, for years. Yes. So yes. I think authority is key. There's a great book out called I Give You Authority by Craft. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. His first. Oh, yeah, have you heard of it? It was so good. It just it. talks about, okay, you give a child a credit card to go away to college and they never use it. They, they go hungry. They don't have gas. And he's, the mom's like, well, I gave you the credit card. You had authority to use it. Why didn't you use it? And sometimes I think that's what Father God yeah. is saying to us. You have all you need to access. You have right. that authority. You just got to believe that you have it and not walk in fear. Amen. That's why I like that believe right behind your head there. I can see yeah. your picture. That's I my think- word for this coming year, 2023. Amen. I'm- God for some really supernatural things. So, um, Amen. but we have to, we have to believe, you know, right. we have to believe, well, we just have like two more minutes. Um, okay. is there anything else you want to share about this book or your new book that might be coming out or anything about your ministry? Uh, well, I, I, please pray for me. Obviously Satan doesn't like what I'm doing. So I'd yes. ask for prayers for that. And then God seems to be opening doors in the arena of potentially a TV show with reenactments of these real stories to give people, uh, encouragement and hope for the future. So if you pray about that, uh, and let me just, I don't have time to tell the story probably, but let me just mention that now that I'm seeing that we have lots more weapons than I thought we had, I've, I'm learning that you can combine the weapons, prayer yeah. plus touch plus oil plus spoken authority, you know, those kind of things. We need to be sexually pure. So that's another weapon is sexual purity and controlling our thoughts is really mm-hmm. a big one. Um, you mentioned authority already, but uh, and we talked about prayer like a lawyer, but prayer plus habit change is good. And I'll, I'll end on one funny story about uh, one of my weapons of prayer plus self-discipline. Ooh. I had a young lady from Nashville call me one day and she said, oh, I loved your teaching about the strategic placement of God's word around people. And I, I thought about my best friend who'd been trying to lose 15 pounds for three years and no diet worked and nothing helped her. She was gaining weight. Right. And I, I wrote some some verses on a on a uh, piece of duct tape about self-discipline from the Bible. And when I was at her house the next time, I took that little piece of duct tape with those verses and I stuck them on the bottom of her bathroom scales. <laughs> and about a month later, she called me and she said, hey, I've lost 15 pounds. I've been trying wow. to lose years. She said, well, look on the bottom of your bathroom scales. God's word is what gives us the power and Amen. self-discipline to do that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. fun to share that. Every time I share that, sto- I share that story, I sell out of self-discipline stickers that we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks for having me today, there, you know, there I'm, I, I love having you on this show. So anytime you want to come back, we will have you back and um, let you. remind people how they can get in touch with you, Steve. Uh, active dash faith dot org. Amen. So if anybody is watching today, tomorrow, listening to YouTube radio, make sure you check out Steve Hemphill and his ministry. He's doing amazing things for the kingdom. You know, and Steve, would you mind closing us out today? I'd be glad to close this out in prayer. I do have a podcast. If you want more oh, yeah. of these individual stories, Battle Plan with Steve Hemphill is the podcast and all the podcast networks. And so I, will, I will add that in the link as well. So okay. once I once I close everything out, everybody, I will add Steve's information in the link so you can check that out. 
Great. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for another day of life to serve you. Help us to be Navy SEAL Christians, Navy SEAL prayer warriors who are more interested in accomplishing your mission for us than we are whether or not we live through it. Because we know if we'll focus on you and put the kingdom first, we'll live forever with you. Mm -hmm. Father, give us the right words for the right moment for each person we come in contact with. Help us to know when to, to speak up and when to shut up. Give us wisdom and strength and boldness and courage in the days ahead for the difficulties we face. But remind us that you live in us and he that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. You'll help us through anything. Give us uh, opportunities to mm-hmm. share you each day and help us to take advantage of those. We love you and we look forward to seeing you face to face. But until then, help us to serve you faithfully and wholeheartedly. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for tuning in today to The Christian View, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Trudy Podcast. Learn more and get in touch with us at trudysimmons.net. That's trudysimmons.net. And help us to reach others with these encouraging messages of hope and inspiration by simply sharing them with your friends on your favorite social media platform. God bless, and thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you again soon, right here on the Dr. Trudy Podcast. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.